I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. <laughs> Are you ready? I am very invested in not just Disney today, but Disney long term. Hello, people. Welcome to the Fantasy Fair. The what is it? Oh, that is right. The most magical podcast on earth. Joining me, I have Alexis Soto. How are you, Alexis? I am. I'm good. I'm doing real good. You're doing good. I'm good, too. Also, we also have, of course, the High Priestess herself gracing us with her presence. Alexis Moreno, how are you? I'm good. Hello. And then we have um, a longtime uh, fan of the show, um, a longtime listener, longtime uh, contributor, uh, David Moreno. How are you, David? I'm good. All right. Um, hi, I'm Kyle. I'm also doing um, doing. Fine. Hi, Kyle. Um, hmm. hi. <laughs> uh, before I begin, I'm gonna go and light this uh, this momentous occasion that we are actually recording a podcast because it's been a while. Um, <laughs> this pod. Okay. Yeah, it's been a it's been a, a hot minute. But speaking of minute, I have a candle right here, and this candle that I'm holding is the scent called Splash from the company, the Magic Candle Company. You may know them as doing a Disney-inspired uh, fragrances, but they also throw in some Universal Studios there to spread the love everywhere. Um, but I got this uh, thing called Splash, and apparently it smells closer to the Disney water that you're all familiar with. Um, it actually, it, like, it's closer to the bromine smell that you that you get everywhere. Um, uh, that is, uh, so I got it and it actually smells pretty good. My room smells like, um, smells like cleaner, <laughs> which is exactly the, the smell that you want. Cause that's what bromine is. Uh, for those who don't know what bromine is, bromine is the chemical, it's a less harsher criminal, uh, not criminal, a uh, chemical than um than you would with chlorine so uh and they disney uses it so it doesn't damage the boats doesn't damage the sets it doesn't damage anything else so bromine is the chemical that is used um, how much are they paying and that's what that's what uh it smells like so um <laughs> thumbs up magic calendar company um use the use the discount code fair f-a-i-r-e <sighs> For um for a fifteen percent discount on your Magic Candle Company purchase, um that is magiccandlecompany.com uh slash fantasy fair. I feel like we can get sued for this. <laughs> we're we're not we're not we're not getting we're not actually a sponsor, but it would be fucking cool. Magic Candle Company, come sponsor us. Um. Without further ado, here's uh, Fantasy Fair. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk about Cruella and Avengers Campus, or or should I say Crappus? Huh? You like what I you like what I did there, everyone? No, no. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so we're going to do Cruella, and then we're going to talk about Avengers Campus. So uh, let's let's just cut to the chase. Let's talk about 
did we like Corella? Uh, did we not? And then we'll just dive right in from there. Uh, so I'm going to start with Alexis Soto. Alexis Soto, what did you think about Corella? It wasn't crap. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> that was a bit harsh, but it's true. It wasn't crap. Um, and let's just be real. Um, there's a lot of good. There's some not so good. There's some mm-hmm. great and a lot of middle of the road. But mm-hmm. overall, I can say I enjoyed myself at a Disney live action movie. And I can't remember the last time I said that really ever. Because the last couple of them have been... I mean, crap was kind of a nice word to call The Lion King, honestly. I think it's kind of the worst movie I've ever seen in a movie theater. Maybe the worst movie of the last 10 years. So, And then Mulan was just aggressively boring on every level. Like these, Honestly, I forgot that existed. Yeah, <laughs> you see, there you are. Um, it wasn't crap, and I enjoyed myself. Um, and there's some good things to actually say about this. So that's mm. a surprise. I wasn't expecting it. David Francisco, what did you think about it? I liked it. <laughs> Typical Moreno answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's like the cadence was even there too. It's like man, it was kind of pitch perfect I there. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I mean, it was like Alexa said. There was some good. There was some bad. Uh, the performances were great and all that. And I mean, it was. It had cool aesthetics of the fashion stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I liked it. It's not it's not bad for a movie directed by Hot Topic, you know. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Alexis Moreno, what do you think about it? Um, I feel the same. I really enjoyed watching it. There's obviously some uh issues there. But I mm. thought that the cast was great. I thought the sets were great. The music was great. Um, the story's a little bit iffy, but other than that, like it's it's pretty good. Like I would watch this again. Can't say that about um, most of the other ones. <laughs> oh hell no! Like I, I would never watch any of them again if I had to. Like I would, you would have to lock me up and and make me. You want to watch Jungle Book again? I, okay. I don't know why you feel like I'm talking about that movie. That's on the lesser. I'm, I'm talking. You wouldn't watch Cinderella again. Cinderella and Jungle Book are the better of the pack. Those weren't the movies that I was talking about. Top of mind, uh, I was talking about Mulan, Lion King, uh, Aladdin. In particular, those are the ones. Oh, um, Alice in Wonderland, Maleficent. Like, I mean, uh, so there's that. Dumbo. Oh, I never even watched Dumbo. Mm. No, Good. but I mean, full disclosure, I happen to actually like Cinderella, the Kenneth Branagh movie. That 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 was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Jungle Book technically is good. I just don't care about the story, the Jungle Book. I don't care about the animated mm. movie. I don't care about the, the remake. But yeah, it was good. I also liked the movie. I also liked the movie. It was uh, I. I enjoyed myself thoroughly with the movie. I. I. I don't. I. I 
I do have complaints, but it's something that comes way later. But overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think uh, we all have issues, but I don't think we I agree feel like on what we they have are. All different issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be an interesting conversation. Um, uh, that Emma versus Emma, fantastic! It it, it was a uh, it's a fantastic movie. I I absolutely adored it. It was my first time back in a movie theater, so I was absolutely over the moon. And so I think that also played a contributing factor of me watching the movie as well. Um, so Corella, just uh, go watch it. Go watch it. See for yourself. Um, yeah, I, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um. Okay, uh, should we dive right into spoilers? Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick, I, I wanted to say, um, just I think if it hasn't been echoed enough, uh, just generally speaking, um, I feel most of us were operating from some, you know, bottom of the floor expectations for this because of what came before it. So we we yeah. can't, I can't, I'll speak for myself here. I can't say that I wasn't, affected by how bad all of that came before or most of what came before and i can't say that part of my enjoyment wasn't at all affected by maybe grading this on a curve quote unquote but i think legitimately there are good things here to talk about i think what's really exceptional about this are two factors i think we can all agree generally across the board the performances in particular emma thompson and emma stone Mm-hmm. and costume mm-hmm. design, which has a good chance of winning the Oscar for costume design especially. So that mm-hmm. I think everyone can agree with. That's the real like level 10 stuff here. Mm-hmm. And then everything else, it's varying degrees of good, decent, and then, you know, the rest can vary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't win the Oscar, that would be pretty stupid. But again, this is the Oscars we're talking about. And... When was the last time the Oscars made sense? Um, exactly. Alexis is thinking back. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Um, so we're diving. Like, Those we're diving two seconds head- that La La Land won. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking maybe West Side Story might give it a run for its money if the costume. Is, is it going to be period? Are they going to still? Yeah, it's period. Okay, that that could be some competition. But I mean, the costumes in this were, I mean... Out of this yeah. world. It was over the top. It was great. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, spoilers. Let's dive right into spoilers. Um, Emma, okay. W- let's talk about the uh, uh, Corella and the and Baroness's um, uh, relationship first before. Um what do you guys think about the origin story of Corella? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Um, okay. Putting the performance aspect to the side here. Um, uh-huh. Part of... Look, generally speaking, the origin stuff... Usually, this gives me a headache. And usually, it turns me off. Mm-hmm. But in this case, and I think this is this is kind of the charm of no seriously. But I think this is kind of the charm of the movie. It's that on some level, I think the movie knows it's a little bit dumb mm-hmm. and silly because there are moments that are like, wait, that just happened, or like, am I supposed to take this seriously? And 
yeah. it, it kind of works a yeah. little bit. Like, so, okay. Her being born with the hair, that's that's dumb, but it's it's excusable, sure. Whatever. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. Um the whole when the when the name Deville came into it, it was funny. So okay, I can excuse it because of um what Horace, uh the guy that plays Horace was great. So like <laughs> You'll never believe what this car is called. Yeah, it's de- called a Deville. Yeah. Sure. That that I can excuse it if it's funny in that sense. Um the one thing I think if 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 something came close to bothering me, it 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 kind of it works quote unquote with what they're going for here. But generally, I don't like how this is becoming a theme or a trend. And Disney seems to do this a lot. But what I didn't necessarily care for was, I guess, the implication that um all of Cruella's fashion talent came from her mom quote unquote, spoiler the baroness like it was somehow hereditary and it's like really are we doing this again like mm-hmm. couldn't that talent have come just because she is who she is that's not what i read i read that um the way i read it you know i read the room was that she the reason why she's a little bit kooky is because of hereditary reasons yeah that that's the only thing that well, I got. From that it. part's fine. It's just that why does she have to be a good designer? Because her mom was a good designer. You know, like her being Cruella, like cruel mm-hmm. person, that's completely fine. That can be hereditary. But like her being a great fashion designer is because her mom was a great de- fashion designer. Like the. Oh, my favorite part of the movie hands down has got to be the part where she killed those people on the subway and uh and then da- and dance in the bathroom i love that moment and it was extraordinarily awesome i loved it the whole orchestra was mm-hmm. i loved it it was absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. <laughs> well that's my biggest criticism of the movie is that she was related to the Baroness. <laughs> uh, that yeah, I didn't see that twist, quote unquote, coming. Yeah, um, I'm not angry about it personally because I've seen it done so much worse. But mm-hmm. if there's a weak point to the narrative, that didn't need to happen. No, mm-hmm. guys, you don't understand. She was a Palpatine the whole entire time. <sighs> Go ahead, David. That is just, I mean, that, I mean, that part, though, that's what made the movie go on way too long for me. It's just, yeah. like, I feel like if you just taken that out completely, you could have, I mean, there's still some work to be done either way, but, like, it still could have been a bit better for me, at least. Yeah, if they just it kind of feels like a, like a bit of a cop-out. Like, they went, like, the super easy route. Um, But I still, like, enjoy it. It's not, like, they could have done better, but like it wasn't bad. That's kind of how I feel about everything in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Like I feel like they could have gotten really creative with this one, um, but I do enjoy the fact that the Baroness is evil. Mm-hmm. Like she's a evil, bad evil. person, you know. And they didn't do this whole like, oh, well, she's like turned around because she found out that this is a daughter type of thing. Like, no, like she's a yeah. bad person. Mm-hmm. 
she'll kill her daughter no <laughs> yeah, matter what. Yeah. Okay. You know, kind of thing. And I unabashedly evil. Okay. That the thing that I okay, go ahead, go. The thing that I am easily forgivable about this aspect of the thing is of course she'll be the mother of course because that's this kind of movie you know it, it, it's so unabashedly this didn't piss you off no, no. but it pissed of... you off in Pirates of the Caribbean because here's the thing though like it's it, again it's comparing apples and oranges because it's such a cheesy fucking movie and of course that this will be because it's supposed to be like a cringy not cringy but like it's supposed to be like a a a, a dark origin story and of course this would be an origin story like my worst enemy was actually you know a relative of mine you know that would be in a in a in a origin story like this and because it's it's unabashedly self-aware with what it is i think that um because of that self-awareness it actually um it actually worked versus when the daughter was revealed to be Barbosa's daughter and um Dead Man Tell No Whatever fucking tales. Um I like it's supposed to be the serious grandest moment and it's supposed to be taken the utmost serious and supposed to like you know be this a big old emotional crux for when uh barbosa spoiler says you know uh you were my greatest treasure and completely dies into the abyss that's a completely bastardization of your character versus cruella Deville. it's a silly character that has no freaking weight to it other than she kills puppies mm-hmm. that's the only weight that you have well, she kills so puppies if- now nah, she, she yeah. doesn't kill puppies anymore not in this movie so of course this will be her origin story. That's why I'm completely able to forgive okay. it because it's yeah. it's a cheesy character. It's a cheesy concept. This whole thing, entire thing, is ridiculous and bonkers. Of course they'd have that plot. I'm line not that hung up on it. I don't feel that strongly about it. Like I think you just uh-huh. made a good case for why you can kind of excuse it because of the nature of the movie. I I think in general I'm just tired of that have being a thing in movies. Not mm-hmm. that it derailed the movie, at least for me mm-hmm. in any way. Like it, it, I, I went with it because I kind of had to. You know, I was like, "All right, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it." And again, the movie had fun with it too. So it's like, okay, yeah. sure, you know. I the thing that I feel like I liked about the movie, um, which I thought was going to be an issue, was how they brought in the Dalmatians to the mix. Um, I love what they did with the dogs. Um, I think it's so interesting. And that's why I was, like, very surprised that you haven't seen the Glenn Close one. Because I feel like, obviously, it's not going to tie into that one. But if it were, I like that twist of, like, the dogs killed your mom. And if you haven't, spoilers, if you haven't seen the Glenn Close one. But, like, at the end of the movie, they take her to, like, a loony bin. And so I'm like, oh, I, I, like, enjoyed that part of, like, this is this that leads to that because of this like that's her trauma you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but i didn't read it as that i think that somewhere down the line she snaps that's what i mean but like you understand why mm-hmm. i don't know that's something that I, I enjoyed from the movie and that's something that i took from the movie um i thought it was always clear that she knows that the baroness was the one who killed the mom and not the not the um not the Dalmatians. 
No, it, it was made pretty explicit in the movie that um, she knew the dogs killed her mom, but she wasn't under the impression until the middle of the or a little a bit of a, a, a somewhere before the middle of the movie. Then she realized because she saw how the Baroness controlled her dog. Yeah, yeah. Whistle, like there was more to it, not just that they the Baroness killed. intentionally yeah. sicked her dogs to kill her mom. Uh, Estella, Cruella, whatever you want to call her, um, didn't um, realize that was intentional. I think she was just under the impression it was a mis- horrible accident, which I, I, I had to say real quick. Mm-hmm. When the do- when the beginning of the movie... <laughs> When the dogs fucking pushed the mom over the cliff, I was laughing like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> 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 kind of same. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> that was okay. You see, when that moment happened, I was like, "Okay, this is this kind of movie. That this is what the movie's going to be," you know. And it set a precedent, precedent, um, going forward about the movie. So I was just like, "But I predict." Here's the thing, like, I predicted a lot of stuff that was going to happen in the movie as I was watching it. I was like, like, okay, the Baroness sick the dogs, you know, and I predicted that, like, right from the get-go. And so I don't know if it was, like, I'm ahead of the movie or anything like that, and that's why the reason why I was like, okay, this and this and this and this was right. Um, or anything, like, I I kind of had a feeling that the Baronet, that that would be the because they were spending way too long on the, the relationship between the Baroness and Corilla, and I'm like, something's got to, something's got to be up with that. And so, sure, sure enough, the it was revealed that she was her true mom and all that stuff. And I'm like, why is Mark Strong all of a sudden, you know, uh, very peculiar about this one girl and like what's going on with that? And so I was like, okay, I put two and two together and. I pretty much figured out the climax of the movie from the beginning. I usually, uh, it annoys me when they do things like, you know, because this is kind of an origin story, right? We're like, okay, mm-hmm. we can't call her Cruella, so we'll call her a different name. Stella. In this case, it worked, actually. So, yeah. again, this is not, usually it bothers me, but this is not one of those situations. The bigger... Um, I feel because it, it moved the story along, too. Sure, yeah. Um... The bigger issue that I think, or the bigger discourse is, okay, so the Baroness is pure evil, basically, right? Um, mm-hmm. So the, the discourse being had is, all right, was it a mistake again to take a Disney villain and then make them somewhat sympathetic? How, like what happened with Maleficent? Yes and no. Yes and no with this case. Um, Because, like, again, the story is not complete. I have a feeling, like, you know, somewhere, again, like, somewhere between Cruella and 101 Dalmatians, something snapped and that drove her crazy. You know, I don't feel like she's crazy in this one. I feel like something... Like, you know, because there, there's another story to tell, which they already hinted at, which pisses me fucking Don't worry, it's never going to come. I know they said that they're in development, but if you get it, it'll be five years, like, from now. You know how they, they make these sequels? they just like, oh, yeah, we'll make them. And then when they make them, nobody cares. We all move on. So we know how, how that's going to turn out. But, like, um, I, I personally don't 
connect mm-hmm. this to anything else. Any like the animated movie or because basically the only exposure I know of Cruella, like honestly, that I can like vividly recall is Once Upon a Time. I never saw like mm-hmm. the animated movie. Uh, it was okay. It was on TV. Maybe I saw a couple of scenes and then I changed the channel. I can't tell you if I even liked One and One Dalmatians, honestly. And, and that was the same with the remake, right? Basically, yeah. So, like, I mean, everybody knows Cruella Deville, and basically, um, the the way that she is known for usually is basically the Baroness in this film. Mm-hmm. So, like. I think overall I enjoyed it because of who they cast and how the energy the film had. Um, But again, it is another one of these examples where they take a villain, a bad guy, seemingly an irredeemable person, and -hmm. they introduce a sympathetic background. Um, I thought it was handled well. Um, It didn't bother me necessarily speaking, but it is a discourse being had right now, like how many times – can mm-hmm. they keep doing this? Like, it didn't go full Joker. Like, that was the movie you were referencing before, Kyle. It's like, that's the example of, well, it, it's a, a villain, and this guy is exactly as bad as you think he is, and then this happens. Mm-hmm. It would be really interesting if they do make the second one, and they do, like, something with the goons, like, something happens with them. Um... You mean Jasper and Horace? Yes. And I feel like that would be kind of cool because I feel like that would be her turning point. Yeah, because when the movie ends, she's not really off the deep end, you know? No. Like There's mm-hmm. a in – the, in, the, in the movie, there is – I think – we mentioned it beforehand. She does embrace her Cruella persona, but mm-hmm. – and she toys around with the idea of like, oh, yeah, I'll kill dogs. That's about it. Mm-hmm. I like it's so funny like knowing who Cruella is and everything like that she's unabashedly evil like and I and I kind of like that about the you know about the character of Cruella and so okay I don't know if you guys know about this uh, production it's called a twisted um, uh, the untold story of a royal vizier from uh, Star Kid Productions Um, but it's pretty much doing the wicked route like this whole entire trope of making um making a a no well-renowned villain evil and they did that with jafar and there was a scene where jafar was you know realizing that he was the bad guy of the story when he met the other disney villains and you know you had all this stuff you had um uh you know you had sympathetic stories like maleficent all she wanted to do was just be invited to a party um uh gaston all he wants to do is just find true love um and then cruella comes out she said all i wanted to do was just uh all i wanted to do was you know kill some puppies and then the other villains were just like oh my god why would you do that what's wrong with (laughs) you and then she was she was kicked out of the group you know and um and that's the thing with Krilla and once uh once upon a time is that she said I'm just evil you know she just plain you know Victoria Smurfette I think that's the name of the character who uh the actress who plays her she was um, great she she's great as uh as Krilla and she says that you know I'm just I'm just bad I'm just wired that way I don't know about you guys um. So I like that aspect, but here we got like a different, uh, a different take and a different take. It's I, I think this say different take is pretty good. I think it's just like she is the way she is, you know, and that's just the way that 
she is you know so i don't know it can't be overstated. Uh, david any thoughts i i mean i think that's true um it can't be overstated how much of the heavy lifting emma stone uh brings overall you know about making it work um she's exactly as good as we all knew she was going to be in this um honestly to the t it's like it's so like when it when when you know when she flips the script and she's like fully embracing cruella like the movie is at its best when it's emma versus emma like mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's truly great stuff any any scene that has both of them together which thankfully is most of the movie is great any scene that has just emma thompson in it is like honestly i think her performance emma thompson is exceptional like, and honestly, Emma Thompson has always, like, she's played a lot of these types of characters, you know, from Saving Mr. Banks. And then also, I think David might have also seen this other film, Late Night, with Mindy Kaling. She played Catherine, this late night host, and she kind of had this similar personality. Yeah. Um, we talked about that a couple years ago. Only in this case, Emma Thompson, like, she's playing a character that's complete. Those characters in those other films had, like, redeeming qualities. There was a reason why she was that way. In this case, she is completely bad to the bone, and she is... Um, uh, she is just like amazing to watch. Yeah. She treats she treats her employees like Amazon warehouse foremans do. I think that <laughs> honestly that may be a bit mean to Amazon. This is this is, and I'm no fan of Amazon. Let me be real about that. But this is uh, worse on brand. Oh, I think worse. it's on. I think it's on brand. Um, I don't know if Moreno could speak for that. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I don't know. Emma Thompson was absolutely fantastic in this. I, I, I think she was, uh, there was not enough, like, honestly, Emma Stone and Emma Thompson were competing of which scenes to chew the most. (laughs) Like, and I'm surprised that there was a movie at the end of it all. Just I know, right? Scenery they choose, <laughs> and even the supporting cast with like Jasper and Horace were actually like, like wow, wow they I actually, did. I know, yeah. yeah. Mark Strong, like um, even her friend uh, from the designer uh, clothing, Anita store. Darling. Well, not her, the other one, um, the guy with the oh, curly- he's so good. I love oh, yeah. him. Yeah. So it it was also a really great ensemble, and let me just say, it is just nice to see one of these disney live action movies and enjoy not just the film but in actually like the characters actually like <laughs> the performances like wow yeah it's been a and while actually, since i felt that and actually doing something different and sticking with the language. i know i know they were actually trying to do different things like for some parts of the film especially when we're in the in the inner weaves of design making with emma thompson and emma stone there are times where you forget you're even watching a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the actor who played the, um, the fashionista was John McCrea as Artie. Um, yes. I want to I put a, a, a note on this uh, character. I love how, unaba- like, how unforgivingly flamboyant this character mm-hmm. is and i have to say that this is the first time that disney has actually tackled something like this and went full force with it um and i i respect this movie for doing that well uh, unlike because there's so much freaking queer bait in disney 
Um, and I have a like this is the most queer a character has ever been. I feel in Disney. Um, I love how his flamboyance or his sexuality was never at all put into question. It was accepted, and we moved on, and it was what it was. Yeah. that's I think ultimately what you want out of representation, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I do wish Disney would just let these moments happen organically and not put out a freaking press release saying this is our first official gay character, which they've done, <laughs> what, 10 times now? <laughs> the, so this is the 10th openly gay character, the 20th, 25th, 30th? Well, remember how like ir- you know, remember how egregious it was with LeFou? It's like they, 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 they labeled it, a, he'll have an exclusively gay moment. <laughs> Remember that bullshit that, that happened? That was like a blink, blink and you miss it moment. <laughs> but it's like, what does that even mean? Like an exclusively gay moment? Like, it's just the, the, the choice of words were poor in and of themselves. I will say they are, you're right, they're getting better at this. I've said for months last year that I was really not looking forward to Jungle Cruise because of um, Jack Whitehall, you know, British comedian slash actor. He was going to be playing a flamboyant character is in that film Jungle Cruise. And reportedly they had to reshoot it because it was that offensive. And from what I heard last, that's been rectified and that's not going to be an issue in the actual movie. Um, Because apparently it it was playing on offensive stereotypes, the original performance. And they had to like completely redo that because it was just Mm -hmm. not good. So good for doing that. Um, I don't want to get into Loki, but they did something with Loki about this whole gender fluid situation Yeah, where they made a really big fucking deal out of it. So we'll see where it goes. But at the moment, I don't know what you're talking about. It was just a paper. It was like a, oh yeah, he's gender fluid right here on the show and that's the representation. But they made a big deal out of it saying they had a whole press release. They had interviews in the press. I'm like, okay, like stop doing that. Just yeah. stop. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're hindering the momentum of it all. I feel by doing that. Um, yeah. I was wondering why. Um, what's his name? What's his name? Artie? Uh, Horace. Horace. No, Horace. Um, I was wondering why. I was like, why does he sound like Bob Hoskins from Hook? You know? And uh, lo and behold, I, I, I looked it up and he was, and he was, he was emulating Mr. Smee. From Hook, and I was like, okay, okay, now I see one. No, he's a great actor. Um, he, he pops up in a couple of things. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought he was. There's this instance in the end of the movie where he's in a fucking Cruella dress. I was cackling. It was so hilarious. Oh, like, yeah. honestly, yeah. It, it was like, what the fuck? Like, it's actually. Like, this movie is actually genuinely funny. It is. Also, mm-hmm. Wink the Dog for Life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I yes. love that fucking dog. He's great. Um, just the, just the name, just the name gives me a chuckle because he has a fucking eye patch, you know, to pinpoint, hey, he's the bad guy's, um, a dog. Um, but like, just weak. Because <laughs> that's all the fucking dog can do. What the fuck? Um, I actually liked it. I actually, the dog performance of Wink is awesome. I love the performance of it. I liked when he played a freaking, um, What's that called? An exterminator? And I like when he was put on the rat <laughs> costume. Oh my god. They like they really um, used it a lot on that scene. It was great. 
Yeah, I love the whole heist elements of it. Yeah, too. It like fun. I was actually genuinely intrigued with the with the heist elements of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it was really fun. Um, this this I, I just find this movie just downright fun. I had fun with it, you know. And that's what we've been missing with you know all the other remakes is that you know if you're gonna do it, just make it fun, mm-hmm. you know. And and they they did it, they did it, and I was actually appreciative of it. The only time I cringed was the mid credit scene. Well, that forget it. that. I don't. Uh, there are issues, though. Um, for okay, m- what issues do you guys have? Because I have no issues until the mid credit. There are some um, issues that are like, well, do they ruin the movie? No, not for me. Do they ruin my enjoyment? No, but they're noticeable. They stick out, and the film could have been far better if they avoided doing some of these things. So, okay. I think it's too long. Mm-hmm. I think the 15-minute opening prologue was a bit excessive. <laughs> we get it. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't like it was bad per se, but like it didn't need to be that long. And yeah, this is this is where it's a little bit of a mixed bag for me. I really love the energy of the film. I love there are like these really fast-paced sequences that it has. Where it kind of runs into an issue for me is it reminds me of Suicide Squad. There were like a thousand songs. Like, like yeah. okay, some songs were I mean, maybe all of them in theory and a vacuum were great choices for those moments. But fuck, were there way too many? Like at some point they're like they, they're, it's like a like a, they're skipping to another track how fast paced it is and it's like yeah it got to the point where like over halfway through the film i was okay another fucking song another song okay i get it i i, I can see the era that you're in i don't need to have this like bashed over my like head. one moment one moment i could pinpoint is when it went from uh uh ozzy osbourne on the harmonica playing the wizard and then it just cuts right into the rolling stones uh sympathy for the devil <laughs> I was like, okay, you were, you know, you're setting a template of like, you could have easily just finished off the scene with the wizard, or you could have done um, sympathy for the devil because, like, you know, it, it it ties in thematically. Um, but it, like, it just all feels all, like it feels like you're trying yeah. to like fit in as many popular songs from that era as possible. Yeah, so much so that I can't even remember the score, the actual original score. Can anybody remember what the score was? Was there like I think, I think the soundtrack was the score. Let's be honest. But there, no, but there actually was an original score composed. That's what I mean. It's like I can't even remember a theme, anything of the music. It was just a bunch of soundtrack songs, you know, which mm-hmm. has happened. But and it would be one thing if they didn't have a composer, but they did hire a composer mm-hmm. for you know to create an actual was- score. Nicholas Bertel. And he's a great composer. Look up some of his stuff. So I can't even remember what was even included here. So Yeah, he did the score for Moonlight. Yeah. He did If Beale Street Could Talk. The big yeah. the big short. That that's another thing Vice. that I thought was really cool. Like they got a lot of people to work on this movie. Like a lot of good people and big names. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of real talented people and I think mm-hmm. ultimately if it suffered creatively I'm, I'm, this just goes to show you that this is I think ultimately good 
but you can only be so good with the limitations that Disney has with you. Mm-hmm. Like if if the Disney limitations weren't there, we could be talking about a legit masterpiece of some kind. Um, but there were obviously yeah. things that were like shoehorned in. Um, but mm-hmm. those, I think, are my issues at the moment. David, Alexis, did you guys have anything else as far as issues? Um, I mean, like I said before, I didn't like that she was, um, Corella was Baroness's uh, daughter and everything. It's just that made the movie go on for way too much longer than it should have. And to try to, like, quickly establish more of a relationship, I guess, between the two characters, I feel like that's, again, a waste of time. I feel like the movie would have been a lot better if they would have taken the time to kind of like set up more of a rivalry between the two. So like uh, Cruella, she, yeah, she's a great fashion designer. Um, Baron, the Baroness, like her company is kind of like going away because of her and everything. So like you could have you could have had like a friendly competition between the two. Where the Baroness is kind of like, she's bringing out the best in me, even though like she's driving me out of business and all that. And then it just could have leave, it could have led to like a bigger clash in the end, and not because of a rivalry, not because of uh, she's the uh, Baroness's daughter or anything like that. And then I would have liked it better if Cruella got her popularity because of her talent and not because she's. I guess royalty by blood or something or whatever the fuck. I feel like that was well established though because everybody was like, "Oh, you know, she." Well, that was nobody knows that she's the Baroness's daughter. No, that was a rivalry, but that was set up by the media though. The thing though is that what we're seeing on the inside is that the Baroness, she's just like, "Okay, you people, uh, get get show me something, and then I'll just pick the best ones, and then that's." how she gains her popularity i wanted to see the baroness actually making designs that like tries to rival like with both what... of them showing their talent yes exactly and and then again you leave out that they're related and just to show that like you know two talented people can actually like compete with against each other and all that like that would have been so much better for me yeah, the biggest note I would say if i were like asked to give notes if like on what you could do to make the movie better um even though we have a lot of them, just give me more Emma versus Emma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me more. And maybe less of uh, oh. filler stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I I think, too. Um, the the There was a lot of missed opportunities, but I feel like the things that we did see were good, and it made up for a good movie. I'd watch it again. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's a compliment compared to what <laughs> the other ones in this lineup have, you know? Yeah, and some forget that exists, <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, I had fun. I had a lot of fun with Corella. I, I actually, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think and, we all did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, despite some issues. I like the thing that doesn't make sense for me is the again you could completely avoid it if you don't watch the mid credits. Um, <laughs> so let me get this straight. Roger was in the movie. Um, gets gifted a cute ass fucking puppy by Corilla, and his first response is, 
I'm gonna write a song about what how big of a bitch she is. Mm. Make that make sense to me. Make that make sense to me. Other than oh, um, it's fan service. I thought he, I don't think. But there was fan service. And ate it all up. Let me just tell well, you. Well, I thought he was already. <laughs> I thought he already wrote this song. I mean, I have to rewatch the scene, but I, I thought he already wrote the song because again, Corella has become super popular and he knows who it is so mm-hmm. like i think he just already wrote it and then he just happened to have gotten the gift and we started working on the song i don't know i have a feeling like i read it as like oh he got inspired by the yeah. puppy i mean again i have to rewatch the, the scene puppy. you could be right so I don't know. um there's fan <laughs> service in here that i think actually worked um like there was only one that i was like okay that's fan service is when horace was watching was like you know people watching in the um in the truck and he is he saw the people passing by with um Mm -hmm. the dogs and their owners and he said have you noticed that there are some people that look like their dogs (laughs) you know and that was the thing that was in the original animated Mm -hmm. movie so i i think that actually worked well, someone who probably never watched the animated film all the way through, much less even remembers anything, I didn't even realize any of that stuff. I guess on some level, I, I, I recognize that it was maybe, you know, I know the song, obviously. So it was alluding to things, but like that didn't bother me. And I don't know how it could have unless I knew what it was about. Mm-hmm. As far as the mm-hmm. ending is concerned and it making sense. I don't think the movie cares, and I don't care. Like, okay, it is what it is. Was it setting up a sequel? Obviously. Okay. I Honestly, I, but I that I have no easily... issue with. I honestly genuinely have no issue with it. Like, what, what is it about it that actually bothers you about it? Uh, it's just like you, you didn't even have to add that part of the movie. I mean, it's just no. I, I don't know. It, I don't know. Like it, you were doing so well of being your own thing, Cruella, and by adding that thing. But it's Cruella. But you'll have to expect who you're. This is Disney we're talking about. Like, of mm-hmm. course they're gonna do that. Of course, like they have no self control when it comes to these things. Are you <laughs> correct that they shouldn't have done that? Probably. But why were you in any way surprised? Because uh, I was like, okay. Disney finally did something, you know, that's its own thing, unique, and all that stuff, while also adapting another previous property. Like, I was like, they finally did it. They finally did it. And then I saw it. I'm like, ah, oh, they did it. I mean, it's an after credits scene, though, too. Like, yeah, so you could completely yeah. avoid it, but the fact that it's there, mm. it sticks out like a sword thumb. Anyway, so, um,. Anything else before we continue? Okay, let's talk about um, Avengers Campus. Avengers Campus opened. Uh, let's talk about Alexis. Do you have tweets prepared? Uh, I can. I'll just open it up on our messenger because um, I shared all the stuff yeah. that I found on there. Yeah, I can and get that ready. Literally, you shared all the stuff. <laughs> um <laughs> But that's Alexis Soto for you. Um, yeah, so Ale- uh, Avengers Campus 
is finally open. Phase one, I should say, of the <laughs> Avengers Campus is open. Um, because if that's it, yeah. Um, Moreno, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, either Moreno, uh, on the on the opening of it. Uh, did even though that we have not stepped foot in that, and from the looks of it, it'll be very hard to even step do that. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, uh, David, I want to get your thoughts first, and then I'll make my make my way around town. Okay, yeah. I think it's best to start with me, because I'm probably going to be the most positive. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just I haven't seen as much as you guys. Before we tear you down. <laughs> no, I mean, son. I haven't seen as much as you guys have, and, you know, you guys still know more about, like, how the park, or the Avengers Campus works than I do. Um, but from what I've seen, I mean... It's cool. Spider-Man's there. Uh, uh, see, like, you hear Tom Holland's voice and everything, and I. it's cool to finally see the robot in action, I guess. We saw that in, what was that? The animatronic, yeah. Uh, show on Disney+. Plus. Um, and it's just, I like this bit when they, like, first opened it. Uh, Anthony Mackie introduces Captain America in the campus and everything, and it's actually his Captain America. And it wasn't Steve Watchers. I thought that was pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah. Um, don't know much about the ride that's there, uh, but I like the. It's kind of. Oh, I think it's like it's it's a. Uh, there's not much to know. There's not much to know. Okay. Well, I mean, I know that's uh, part of it. Some <laughs> Holland's like introduction of the of the ride and everything. I thought that's kind of cool. Um, I would be excited mm-hmm. to see that. But I mean, other than that, that's kind of all i know well that's all to know okay. that's all to know i guess yeah well, I, I i do <laughs> know they have the sp- yeah. spider bots on sale i'm gonna buy that shit i don't care <laughs> that could be my spider-man of my that's collection that's the only thing to buy <laughs> <laughs> i can put it in my collection of marvel stuff that i want <laughs> You're slowly turning into uh, Benicio del Toro. <laughs> 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 um, Alexis Soto, thoughts on the opening so far before we get into You know, into I remember being so fucking excited when the, f- the pictures came out when they opened um, Mission Breakout. Uh, the mm-hmm. attraction that replaced uh, Tower of Terror at, at California Adventure. And that was four years ago now. It's crazy to think it's been that old, you know? But I remember being so excited because it was the first part of, like, the Marvel Universe, which I love, the, the movies, um, being basically inducted into the park. And as far as that attraction is concerned, I mean, they hit it out of the ballpark, honestly. Literally. Uh, when it came to the level, the quality of the attraction in and of itself, but as far as uh, the animatronics... Uh, the story and the queue, like I, it it honestly was the you couldn't have made a a, a better first, I guess, uh, dipping your toe in the water for what Marvel could look like as far as the Disney parks are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, now with what this is, I want to acknowledge off the bat that the 
the little positive things that David said, I agree with. Uh, perhaps the best positive of Avengers Campus is the fact that it is uh, really an excess of character meet and greet opportunities, um, which is m one of the primary things that we've criticized Galaxy's Edge for lacking, really. And so when it came to characters, Avengers Campus was always going to have a leg up in that department. And I think mm -hmm. you're seeing that in full force. What to say about Avengers Campus? Um, well, I, I could say that I was like 10 times more excited for the fact that Mission Breakout included some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Easter eggs. But that's not really fair because I'm like the number one fan of that show. So I'll say that... I was a thousand times more excited about seeing Figment in a little box off in the corner in the queue of Mission Breakout than I am about what any of this is. Um, <laughs> I have – we've been talking about this, of what this could look like since the three of us started podcasting back in 2015. We would have conversations excited conversations about what it would be like to finally have Marvel in the parks. And what we have, quite frankly, is maybe the single most uh, embarrassment that Disney Imagineering has produced since the original incarnation of the Disney California Adventure Park, which I will say I, I enjoyed the original incarnation of that, of that park, but it, it was lacking in just about every area you can imagine. And the idea that Disney is passing this off as a land comparable to Galaxy's Edge or Cars Land is laughable in, in every respect. I, I'm so disappointed. I'm honestly angry that this is what they've offered. Like, honestly angry. Because I have been like fantasizing about this for years and then this is what they turn in abysmal doesn't begin to cover how i feel about this entire unveiling or this experience which we'll get to for sure um alexis moreno um Jeez, oh, <laughs> it's just so funny that I feel that we knew that this is coming, <laughs> and we still had really high expectations, but it is exactly what we thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, but even I think less so. Um, I think that that ride is a bit of a joke. Um. <laughs> My favorite description has been, and I believe this is from Alexis, it is a set of buildings <laughs> and a locker room. <laughs> um, naming it, naming it campus. <laughs> like, honestly, I felt like I was walking through, like, it looks like walking through your local community college <laughs> and not a fantastic Marvel thing and another one of my favorite descriptions is this is what we placed Bugs Lab <laughs> I'll say this right here right now I 
I was one of the first people that, like, yeah, was dancing on Bugsland, Bugland's grave. Because, yeah, of course, we need to get this shit out of the way with, with Marvel. Because this is the real serious stuff. The way... Now? No, Avengers Campus can't even... The way that it is right now is an inferior space than what was there before. From a thematic standpoint, a Bugsland mm-hmm. was ten times better. Mm-hmm. I... It... It it breaks my heart. It's like it's like remember that scene in The Godfather when No um, Remember your audience. Some people don't like The Godfather here, Kyle. Remember Okay, but I'm gonna reference The Godfather anyway, because it's my fucking show. Um there was a scene in uh not gonna get it but okay. There was um there was a scene where they were looking at um at Sonny Corleone's dead corpse from being shot up. And there was a moment where uh, where Don Corleone says, "Look how they massacred my boy." <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's how I feel about it. Cause I genuinely liked a Bugs Land. It was cute. It was niche. It was this little corner for kids that. There was shade was, everywhere. There was shade. There was water for little kids to run around in the hot California sun. I mean, there were there were definitely a lot of things that you could do for kids that were actually nice. Throw a kid in here. The only thing that will excite him is seeing Spider-Man. That'll be the only fucking thing that'll excite or, you know, or wet thine beak, you know, for this thing. I don't think that this, like... It, aesthetically it's just a bunch of buildings you say oh kids you know this is marvel land where Hmm. (laughs) where's the marvel in it you know you know i don't think that this really and again like they blew their load too soon sorry for the graphic um description but like they they really did i think that they again they and also they had a whole fucking year to perfect it, you know, they could have just like, you know, with uninterrupted peace, you know, they they, they could have done so much stuff with it. I don't know. Um, but again, like it's different because we've not been in it. And so I'm not going to dismiss it altogether. But 80% of me is dismissing <laughs> it. The 20 minute, the 20% is reserved for when I actually go visit the thing. And so far, the thing that I'm seeing is n- nothing short of uh, of abysmal missed opportunities that you could have done. And honestly, I would have preferred to see a Bugs Land. I think a Bugs Land would have been. I think Bugs Land it was horribly, horribly massacred in this in this whole ordeal. And yeah, I'm just it, it. It sucks. It sucks. But you know, it like like one of the attractions says, it's tough to be a bug. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> the design, and we've said this repeatedly, was flawed in the in the first place. Um, and I think when you look at how did how did we go from what Joe Rody did with Mission Breakout to this? Oh, he kind of was forced to leave the company. Remember last year where, you know, it was quote unquote retiring, only except he's now working for somebody else at a different company? We can't, of course, neglect to mention that Bob Chipik took over the company last year 
And as I just said, his namesake, he's a cheapskate. And this was the person who was in charge of the parks when this Avengers campus was greenlit. And if this looks cheap to you, if this looks like small potatoes, it's got Bob Cheapick's fingerprints all over it. This is exactly what happens. And I, I cannot believe that they make this mistake like once every two decades where, okay, we'll just build something on the cheap and they think that's going to be enough. They think that's going to be enough. And then as far as strategy is concerned, they learned nothing from Galaxy's Edge. Exactly. When they opened, when they opened without Rise no, they, of the they Resistance. they learned one thing. They learned to bring more characters. That's true. But, but fuck the, everything else. <laughs> the, the point I was making is they open without the marquee attraction. With Galaxy's Edge, they open months before Rise of the Resistance was prepared. In this case, we're not going to get Avengers the e-ticket for like, what, years down the line. Mm-hmm. And it's much worse in this situation. The only the only way this, um, this land will be suitable for you is if you're a disinfluencer. <laughs> but that's it. Um, and... Like, it's doing good for influencers because you're getting photogenic, and I'm putting in quotations, photogenic pictures of um, of Avengers Campus. But really, you're, you're not getting any substance. It's all flash, mm-hmm. no, no, uh, no substance with this. Because of that, like, yeah, it's great that influencers are getting their their shit done, and you're and it's providing pretty much free marketing for your thing. And again, going back to Bob Chipek, you know, uh, that's a cheap way to get your marketing done yeah. on you know with little money. Just have the influencers do it for you, yeah. um, which is a good tactic. Yeah, uh, but again, where is that going to lead you in the long run? Mm-hmm. People are going to get sick and tired of writing web slingers that they can't even fucking get to because of the virtual queue system that they're doing. And that's just a virtual queue to get to the ride. They say nothing of the fact that you have to get into some kind of line just to get access to Avengers Campus because they've gated off the entire area and what really pisses Including me off is Guardians. Exactly. If you want to want if you want to even ride Guardians, you have to wait in a in a six hour line, a five hour line just to get into a tiny six acre part of the park. Which is horrendous. You mentioned some tweets I want to bring up here. So from at 21 Royal Street. For a theme park land based on one of the most ambitious IP slash franchises to come from Hollywood in the last two decades, Avengers Campus is stunningly unambitious. Truth be told, if this were a mere, uh, if this were a number of other IPs in the Disney roster, a land of this level would be fine. But for the MCU... It's stunning in how safe Avengers Campus plays in every single regard. It's pretty rough that in a couple of years, Mickey's Toontown will arguably have more compelling dark rides than what Avengers Campus currently offers. It's also brutal yeah. that just steps away on Pixar Pier, the Toy Story version of the Avengers Campus Spider-Man ride, opened the same year the MCU began in 2008, and is arguably better um, than its newer sibling. You know, in terms of flash and in terms of like its uh, spectacularness, I've had bowel movements with more pizzazz than this. That's like, okay. yeah, 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 I get you. Uh, yeah, 
take that as you will you know i'm uh, it's just this is one of okay look at well it was the number one highest grossing film of all time but at a time avengers endgame a marvel property was the number one highest grossing film of all time i still this is a multi still is in my book what what i have well i don't care who cares but it's like okay what I'm not it, gonna get it's it. a multi-billion-dollar <laughs> franchise, and this is how you pay your due diligence with that franchise and your representation of said franchise. And this is what it is. It's kind of a disservice to the to the ten years of filmmaking and passion that went behind this universe. And honestly, like. I'd be pretty pissed if I were somebody like Kevin Feige or, or, you know, or Stan Lee is rolling in his grave. Cause he is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I would think Walt uh, Disney, especially, and I, I rarely ever say this. I would think Walt Disney, Walt Disney, especially would be rolling in his grave when it comes to the tactics the company is using, especially with how they're handling the crowds at the parks. And I have to say any anger the guest experiences have, over this whole Avengers fiasco, I think is understandable and warranted. And I also feel really bad for the cast members because it leaves them in an impossible situation how to fix any of this. Let me read this mm-hmm. here from Mice Chat. On opening day, cast members quickly gave up enforcing a rule that you couldn't enter the land even if you had a mobile order. And guests um, holding a mobile order were allowed into the land without even waiting. Uh, though Disney said they wouldn't be. Those who were let in were happy enough, but those who follow the rules and um, popping up instructions on the Disneyland app were left frustrated and waiting in a slow-moving, unshaded line outside the land. As the weekend progressed, Disney seemed to shift messaging again to warn guests that a mobile order wouldn't guarantee entry to Avengers Campus. So for now, it seems like Disney may still let you in if you get a mobile order. But it isn't a surefire hit. Standby guests, excuse me, standby queues stretched for hours. And on opening day, cast members warned guests that they may not get into the land. Can you believe? They may not get into the land at all due to the mid-afternoon's whopping six-hour-plus wait time. Did Disney legitimately not expect high demand for the land? Or did they simply not care about guest experience? Instead, guests were forced to waste a good portion of their day in line to see a land that they had no guarantee of actually getting into. Keep in mind that a ticket costs $154 and the park is only open for 12 hours. It used to be that if you wait in a line, no matter how long, you were guaranteed to have that experience. Mm -hmm. Now, in a number of areas... That's slipping away. And that, that honestly sickens me because that's not at all what this was supposed to be. This was supposed to be an all-inclusive experience for those who can afford it, obviously. But we weren't supposed to actually start having to, like, people are feeling scammed right now. Like, they paid so much money to go and ride these experiences, but you're not even given the chance to actually have a guarantee to be on this. Uh there's a uh, a critic by the name of John Campia. Oh, did and you hear that? He, and I didn't. I didn't his, listen to it. What do you say? 
one of his highlight reels, like, because he he does a two-hour broadcast, you know, roughly two hours, and um, there's a he releases highlight reels and all that stuff of what's discussed in the two hours, and one of them is literally clickbait. I'm never going to Disney again. <laughs> Because like he he waited all that he he's experiencing all the stuff that everybody else is experiencing. He wanted to go to Marvel Land because he's a Marvel fan himself, you know. But he didn't even get to go in it and wasted a good portion of his mm-hmm. anniversary that he was celebrating with his wife. You know, waiting for fucking Marvel Land. Well, here are the the tweets to what the video was on. So he says. Disneyland is a fucking joke. Paid $1,500 for tickets and hotel so we could do Avengers and Resistance. Queue at 7 a.m. The queue at 7 a.m. And it said Resistance was full for the day in five seconds. Uh, 12 p.m. Queue for Avengers. And it said it was full in five seconds. Can't refund passes. Fuck Disney. Uh, So we can't find out that we can't get on the attractions until we're um but once we get here it's too late to refund or reschedule our park passes disney is like fuck you we've got your money now suckers the whole thing is like why this happened is because of the virtual cues for rise of the resistance and for web slingers and and this this issue may be separate of avengers campus in and of itself but I really don't like this normalizing of boarding groups because it creates examples like this. All this does is make me not want to go. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't, like, you're paying this much money and you're telling me that in a matter of seconds, you can tell a, your guests that paid this much money for, you lost your chance basically at a lottery you can't go on these rides for the entire time you're going to be here this day. And to me, that is, that's just disgusting. Yeah. Imagine if you're there for a week and don't get a ticket or don't get a boarding pass. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I'd, I'd be completely pissed. It Imagine could happen to there us. Waiting, waiting at like 12 midnight the day before and you get a fucking boarding pass? Mm-mm. Whose idea was it for this virtual queue? I've been asking this for years now. What is up with this? Why was this necessary? Why can't you just facilitate a standby line? What, what What's the issue? Maybe WebSlingers doesn't have the space because of how small it is. But Rise of the Resistance should have a reasonable amount of space for a standby line. Why? There is one. There is one. Because I looked at, like, footage of how it, like, the mechanics work and all that stuff. Um, And there is actually a set space. Yeah. (laughs) For it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't understand why it's not being used, though. I don't know, but this is unfortunate um as i said before i feel like we all saw it coming um it just like everything about it about this i feel is just so bad 
Like, even yeah. the fucking merch is like, what the fuck is that? I could buy better merch at Target. Literally. Like, I don't, I just, I don't understand where the, I don't even know what the fuck it is. Like, what happened? <laughs> I, I don't if this is a preview of the park experience under Bob Chapek's rule we're in for a treat like there's a this is this is a a lot of bad honestly um yeah I um Bob Iger come back or if like, not, Bob Chapek leave and put Josh tomorrow in charge because this is this is bad. I, it's so bad. Like at least Galaxy's Edge is like pretty to look at, and at least you can walk around in it. But like Avengers Campus, like you take two steps and it's gone. You see people, <laughs> but like, can you go? I don't know. You could. Like honestly, you could take a piss standing up, and you'll reach the edge of the <laughs> of the fucking land. It just sucks. Like this is something that could have been great, that should have been mm-hmm. great, um, yep. and just so much missed opportunities. And I, it sucks that they have like a prime example of what you can do already there and also to use that as like oh yes this is part of it come come take a look at it like that's so that's such bullshit like (laughs) it's i don't know i just think like look guests like shouldn't have to know all of these mechanics just to be able to like go to a land Mm -hmm. walk around the land and get on a ride mind you it wasn't just like family go ahead a family of four shouldn't have to do extensive research in order to bring their family to Disneyland. That's fucking ridiculous. I, I, you know, any family, any anybody, anybody shouldn't have mm-hmm. to freaking. Hey, you know, you know what would be fun today? Disneyland. Let's Especially do it. Especially you know? Disneyland. Like I understand doing your research for Disney World because that's a whole other ball game. But like for Disneyland. What do you mean? You just go. It's local and it should be as freaking monotonous as going to the zoo. You know? There should not be any hard thinking work to Disneyland. Disney World may be, but still, it's not an excuse. You know? Think about this. Go ahead. Finish your thought. You're spending... I don't know. Okay, let let's paint a pretty picture. You're spending one hundred and fifty dollars, you know, per ticket. You know, it, that that's easily a thousand dollars. You know, right out the gate if you're a family. You it, that that's not excluding food. That's not excluding parking. That's not excluding, um, excuse excluding um, uh, you know, room board. You know, it just uh, you know, it just doesn't. You know, adding that up, that's easily. I don't know. Ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars if you play it safe. Um, so, and on top of that, you're not guaranteed some of the experiences. Imagine telling a little kid, "No, you can't see Spider-Man today. Why? Because the suits said so, 
Imagine explaining that to a kid. I'm saying, you know, in you this know? in this case, fuck the kid. Imagine being the parent who paid this much money. Imagine the kind of tears that parent would have. Just like they can't even give this to their kid after paying all that much. Like, look, look and this is what Bob Chapek said. Um, we've opened up Avengers Campus at Disneyland Resort, and that's gone spectacularly well. It's gone spectacularly well. That that's that's what he said. Um, and, uh, some of the responses, but I don't know, Bob, from uh, David M. Dot, maybe you should talk to the guest relations cast members at your park who informed me that literally the worst experience I've had at one of your parks in literal decades was mild compared to some of the other feedback they've gotten this past week. And then on top of that, a different response uh, to this was there has been a healthy debate on the pros and many cons of boarding groups. But reminder that the deck is stacked to favor us who are in the know. Imagine what it is like for the average day guest finding out about this nonsense in the park when it's already too late. Mm-hmm. Mind you, it wasn't just a line to get into the, into the land. It, it wasn't just a virtual queue to get on the ride. If you wanted to eat at the ham, ham, the ham at, at him, Pim. him, uh, Pim. what's it called? Pim, 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 Pim hers, Pim, <laughs> the Pim. <laughs> you just had like a full on stroke. <laughs> I did. I was trying to say, well, I don't care, but the Pim Lab restaurant, right? If you want to eat some of their like um, food or the, or the other burger. location, you have to do mobile order only. You can't you can't walk in there and order from there. You have it's only mobile order. So it's like they're trying to it, it's it's like they're trying to do I don't anything if, to make it hard. You know, I don't know if they know people, but people aren't that smart. Let me let, let, uh, <laughs> that's putting it lightly. People aren't smart. How the fuck are you gonna expect them to pull out their phone and do a whole mobile order of this whole shit. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. David, you've been silent on the whole thing. Are you, are you, are you saying, are you, are you seeing what we're, um, no, no, yeah. I think he's um, falling asleep. <laughs> it's, no. a, it's okay. <laughs> I, I'd fall asleep to this, uh, conversation too, because of how freaking unabashedly, fucking horrible i mean i want to say i only slept like three hours today so like i am tired <laughs> and it's almost okay, midnight you are so like it's easily... just, I, i'm not bored of the conversation i'm, I'm actually i'm listening to like every, everything you guys are saying and like i agree with everything you were saying like you you know not many people like think about doing research when going to a park okay yeah and like i think call you said too it's like you know when you're going to a zoo you're expected to see the animals you know it's not like it's not like oh you want to see the tiger uh you gotta go on this app and uh hope for the best that you can see a tiger it's like no 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 (laughs) okay you want to you want to see a monkey go into a virtual queue? Yeah, it's like <laughs> what the fuck. You gotta get you gotta be there at seven in the morning. You know, and I, I'm curious though, like you know the when Fast Passes first came out, like did many people know how that worked? Did many people no. even know about it? So how the fuck are people are are people general audiences mm-hmm. are supposed to know of a virtual queue? Yes. Like yeah, and especially with the grand populace, the grand populace is getting stupider and stupider mm-hmm. by the day. 
I mean, how are we going to do this? And it, it, yeah, it, exactly. The zoo metaphor is a completely well-standing point. Oh, you want to eat something on your 12-hour day? Okay. Um, what you have to do is that you have to do a mobile order. You have to do um, a sacrifice. <laughs> you have to sacrifice a lamb. You have to do all that stuff in order to uh, maybe eat some uh, novelty food. And that's maybe. That's just a maybe. Um, yeah, and poor cast members again. Cast members, fucking. They must deal with a lot of Karens, a lot of Kyles. <laughs> I feel so bad for all the cast members that are working there right now. I, uh-huh. It just, I feel for them. We, While they wearing just announced a mask. That, uh, I believe today or yesterday was like the first day. Uh, that the mask mandate isn't going to be enforced with one day of a warning, one afternoon of a warning. I don't know. Embrace yourselves. <laughs> it just, it sucks. Like I said, I don't know. I think ultimately where it really sucks for me and a lot of, honestly, all of this sucks to varying degrees and it, it hurts personally that you know i've never been one of these people that like would like oh walt would be like so offended by this yeah. like i'm never i'm never that person but this is this this is getting to a point it's not changing this vision it's honestly just changing the way that the parks work and for the worse like this feels like like several steps it, it, several massive steps in the wrong direction and it's honestly kind of made me a lot less excited to when we're gonna go to our Disney trip because like man these are bad experiences like like you're really fucking up some basic shit here like this is like it was designed Disney ad was designed so you could buy a ticket grab a hot dog see Mickey Mouse spin around a little bit and then go home and you're not guaranteed to see Mickey Mouse, hypothetically, you're not guaranteed to see Mickey Mouse have a hot dog, spin around a little bit, but you can't go home, but you would have wasted a whole entire day. <laughs> and I don't, I feel like that, again, it's not, and I also hate to be that person, like, it's not what Walt, Walt would have wanted, because obviously Walt is dead. Let's be honest. He's dead. Like, nobody cares. Like, but, like, the original intent of this was just so families could go in and fucking have a fucking blast. Mm -hmm. And they're not guaranteed to have a blast. You know, they're not allowed to have the full experience if they wanted to. And I think that's shitty. I think this is uh, uh, short-sighted in terms of, uh, in terms of corporation bullshit and i i don't know mm-hmm. and again if this is the way that bob chapek is gonna run his fucking company from now on i don't i, uh, I don't see i think we're gonna go approach another ron miller era disney you know and that's not just you know that's not putting it lightly mm-hmm. you know so i don't know i don't know i'm done i'm done 
I'm <laughs> I've said all I wanted to say. It, oh, oh, our conversation will only get uh get shittier, and by the end of it, uh, David will already be uh three hours asleep. Yeah, <laughs> and it's past twelve o'clock here, and Loki is live, and I'm seeing people yeah. tweeting about it, so I kind of want to go yeah. and see the episode. So let's go. Let's go watch Loki. Um, stick around because right now we're gonna do a live audio commentary. <laughs> for Heck no, the, no, we're not, we're not. No, we're not doing no, I'm this. Just, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, without further ado, I'm Kyle Leia, and you could check us out everywhere you listen to podcasts. Literally everywhere. Um, so uh, what's coming up? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> for Red Spot, for uh, for the Fantasy Fair, um, because Moreno and I, our our schedules seem to constantly clash with one another. So we'll see, we'll see where we uh, where we go from here. Uh, don't forget the Red Spot. Later. Don't forget Luca comes out this week, so that'll be the next <laughs> thing you should. Did you forget again that Luca comes out this week? Because I'm gonna be so upset. No, I didn't forget. It's just fucking funny. Fucking <laughs> sad. I kind of did until you brought it up again. Um, oops, oops. I'm not the hostess with the mostess anymore, guys. Um, Stop calling yourself. That. I never was. I never was. Um, so, yeah, Red Spot Entertainment. Um, Loki. Loki, check out Loki. Check out reviews right now. They're they're catching up on stuff. They just did the Quiet Place and Conjuring review. Check that out if you're if that's your bag. And David looks like he's passed out. I'm sorry. Like, he looks dead. I'm trying to stay awake. I swear. <laughs> I saw his head. At what, I was started laughing because I saw his head like bop to the. <laughs> <side>. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was so many other moments i don't know if you guys caught it but like there was a moment where i had my hand like this and i actually like like oh to the people listening like i have both my hands on top of my head and i'm holding on to one and i was falling asleep and i like let go of it and so like i just went like like, th- like this almost <laughs> you guys didn't notice and I'll, i hit my head a couple times on my curtain Okay. Um let me let let okay. Uh for David's sake, this has been the fantasy fair. Again, I'm not bored. Like I, I listened to like everything you guys have said. I just three hours of sleep, not good. Stay away. Okay, no, bye. your head. Um anyway. Stay magical, everyone. When you wish upon a star. Makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, 
and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you.
When you wish upon a star, make no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come. Happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you.